1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Roto-Roll Football Show. I am Patrick Darty, joined by Kyle Dvorczyk and Danny Carter as we preview the entire Week 11 slate, not including Thursday Night Football because uh, it'll be over by the time you're listening to this. But a lot of big games this week. The Cardinals and Texans, two teams heading in the right direction, the Eagles and Chiefs rematching the Super Bowl. That is going to be a humdinger of a football contest. The, The Bears getting Justin Fields back against the Lions who are becoming something of a shootout machine. Uh, the Raiders, the Dolphins, lots of other teams in the NFL playing football games this week. Yep. Uh, how you guys doing? How are we feeling this fine Thursday? Take people behind the curtain. Uh, some people are, quote, yep. mad at me because we had to, quote, podcast four and a half hours <laughs> earlier. Oh. And um,
2: yeah, I don't know. Man. How are you guys Look. doing? In the fantasy football industry, we are not used to working no. before noon. So no. No. <laughs> this is no. – I'm kidding. I,
3: I did notice that Denny typically has uh, some sort of seltzer water, and I typically have either iced tea or just like uh, a cooler of, of water. And we both have coffee, I think. I saw us both uh, yeah. chugging oh, yeah. aggressively on our I, coffee. I'm, I'm <laughs> drinking coffee at – <laughs> the worst audio bit ever is <laughs>
0: drinking water.
2: I uh, my kids got me a new a new cup. Uh, I heart dad is what it says. I heart dad, and it's it's from the 80s. I think it's very it
1: looks cool. stupid. No. <laughs> it actually <laughs> looks very charming. Actually,
3: I, yeah. for I the audio it. listeners, Denny did an actual mm-hmm. spit take when Pat said it looks stupid.
2: Yeah, you know. it spit all over my computer.
1: Very tr- Denny's usually on his third Miller Lite by now. Oh,
2: no. <laughs> uh, you've had to talk to me about that actually.
1: We're, we're gonna see what he's like on just coffee. No, it's a delightful mug, Denny. A delightful children. My mug, not to call out my, my company, but I keep drinking out of this NBC Sports Edge
3: mug and yeah. we're not called that anymore. Uh, I still wear my NBC Sports Edge white hat because it's like a nice neutral white. I can wear it with any colored shirt and it won't clash. But not to call
2: my company, send me a new all white please hat. Yeah, we need. I wear that hat all the time. It's funny, mm-hmm. you guys are so a- a- out of style here. My <laughs> <laughs> <I> Roto <a laughs> World T-shirt, you know. So I, I don't know what, what's up with you guys, but uh, I keep up with what's ever happening. since Denny's
1: lawyers went to work. He's got way better swag. <laughs> uh, way better. He's got scrum. sick drip,
2: as the lawyers
3: seem to be calling it. Yeah, no. If Denny says drip, he is immediately fired.
2: No. <laughs> I actually I actually am not legally allowed to say that.
1: He is not legally allowed to say drip. We're not legally allowed to quote riff, to quote banter anymore. We have to now talk about fantasy football, and that includes the Cardinals and Texans linking up for this week's little shootout that could with two teams heading in the right direction. A 49 total to fair. Denny, we will get to Kyler Murray in a second, but I want to start with the Texans. Everyone is understandably excited about C.J. Stroud's surging play but you've been kind of sounding the alarm a little bit. The underlying data still suggests this wants to be a run-heavy team. Nico Collins is rushing back from injury this week. Noah Brown isn't practicing yet. Some banged up in the receiver core. What are what do we think we're going to get from the Texans' offense against the Cardinals?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, uh, we love PFF Bobby Sloak, PFF Bobby, the offensive <laughs> coordinator of Houston. We, we do. Uh, for, for whatever reason, uh, Bobby wants to keep the ball out of, CJ Stroud's hands to to an extent. Okay, I know Stroud is still seeing some volume because the Texans honestly have had kind of insane overall play volume, offensive play yeah, volume. Their, their
3: games are fun, but their individual play calling, as far as just run versus pass, not nearly as fun as you'd expect.
2: Yeah, so they've been under their expected dropback rate in five of the past six games, including last week against the Bengals. I I, I was a little bit surprised to see this. Maybe you guys would be too. Uh, 6% under their expected drop back rate against the Bengals. Houston is the seventh run heaviest team in the red zone. And now <clears throat> this week they face an Arizona team that is the league's fifth most extreme run funnel defense. They are a bad run Ugh. run defense as well. I think we are going to see 1.2 million carries for Devin Singletary this week. <laughs> yeah, if if I
3: remember correctly, they are fourth in the NFL on run rate on early downs by EPA per rush, where do you guys think they rank on early down runs? They're bad. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I mean, they're, how bad how, it, bad? how bad do oh, you think they are?
2: 30, 30, 30th.
3: No, thirty-first, and because they're tied, they're dead last. Just coincidentally tied at thirty-first, yeah. they are the worst team at running on early downs. Yet PFF Bobby, for all of his beautiful graces cannot give up these early down runs. And they're one of the best teams in the NFL passing on early downs. They're best at passing on most downs, in fact. But he just can't give it up. And like Danny said, it just seems like that's who he is. He wants to play this balanced style. Maybe it's in an effort to protect, you know, quote, protect. He doesn't need it, but to protect his rookie quarterback. And to his credit, it's definitely not worth it. But to his credit, uh, Stroud is thrown against a ton of Mm. like uh, a ton of linebackers, essentially a ton of base looks, a ton of like sub-base looks. He hasn't been, like, that great on him, though. You're gaining so little by, like, they have an extra linebacker on the field. It only cost us first and second down and two yards. Man, cut it out. Really let C.J. Stroud lose. But I don't think he will. I don't think we're going to see that. PFF Bobby, it's very sad.
1: It's very bad. We we tried to talk to our PFF Bobby.
2: He's a a beautiful boy, but uh, he has let us down, folks.
1: He's let us down. The big, beautiful PFF Bobby has let us down. That was only about 80% of what I normally get to with that one, but yeah, PFF Bobby, cut C.J. Stroud loose, please. please. Uh, we, we asked about realistic expectations for the Texans, Denny, Kyle. Now we need realistic expectations for Kyler Murray after finishing as the QB12 on the dot in oh. his 2023 debut. It wasn't a ho- terribly accurate passing day, but it wasn't a bad passing day. Got the rushing touchdown, The little crazy scrambling legs, looked all good after tearing <laughs> his ACL. Uh, what are we expecting in this game where the total is getting near 50?
3: I don't know, the total total so high in this game. It makes sense. Neither of the defenses, I mean, both the defenses, especially the Texans, are so banged up. Like you pointed out, I think it was before the show, 50 or 60 players on their injury report. I thought the injury report could only ta- contain who was on your roster. But uh, no, they are just listing random Houstonites on their injury report. Everyone on this team is hurt. So yeah, I do expect a lot of scoring and a lot of dropbacks. The one thing, its it's a one-game sample. I wouldn't read into it too much, but I at least want to watch out for it is Kyler Murray's rate of throws 10 to 19 yards downfield. These intermediate like chain moving throws was higher than at any point in his career in terms of a season long average by almost 10%. Like he was trying to move the chains, throwing past the sticks more than any season we've ever seen. It's a one game sample could have just been the matchup, but also this should be a very good matchup to be aggressive at throwing against your opponent. So if, If they're moving away from the horizontal air rate, I expect them to move away. But if they're moving aggressively away from it, really saying like Kyler Murray was not at all. This was not a match for his style. That was a complete mismatch. I mean, just a mismatch for most quarterback style. Those are just runs. They ran the ball through the air so many times. That's how you get a lot of fantasy juice out of Kyler Murray. We're still waiting to see the rushing. I only had two design carries and they brought Clayton Toon in for a touch push. But as far as the passing philosophy goes through one game, so much better already
1: As anyone who listens to the show knows we don't like to get political but we have to mention there was a bipartisan resolution passed by both houses of congress to quote kill the horizontal raid with fire
2: so, <laughs> uh, kill it with fire
1: kill it dead arizona and they
2: 97 to, votes in the senate by the
1: way. word na- three abstentions i think two of them <laughs> uh, were in on vacation so yeah very strong bipartisan sentiment to kill the horizontal raid with fire and let's talk about both these guys kyler murray and cj stroud the first time in a real long time the quarterback actually looks deep this week and it was tough to get everyone into the top 12 who deserves to be in the top 12 you get after like the top six or seven it's joe burrow with a bad matchup surging sam howell against the giants there's jared goff there's returning justin fields there's brock purdy cj stroud kyler murray you can rank those guys kind of any way you want but refreshing to see for the first time in a while it was actually difficult to get everyone in the top 12 who deserves to be in the
3: top yeah 12. pat last week they had all of the good teams on by eagles dolphins chiefs and someone else this team this week do this more often only do bad it. teams got put on the buy
1: yeah, yeah do it more often the fourth team was the rams who matthew stafford's not doing it but fantasy who, fun though they've got good fantasy guys Denny, you mostly already broke down the Texans' offense. Anything to add on the receivers? It's weird because there's guys that are in and out of the lineup. We don't mm-hmm. really know who's playing. Any factoids to add on Noah Brown, Tank Dell? Yeah. Nico Collins, again, swears he's playing this week.
2: Right, right. So, I mean, Nico Collins returning would be significant for everybody in this passing game. With him out, Tank Dell has a 41% air yard share, which is <laughs> – Ludicrous. I did want to mention that Tinktail is third in ESPN's Open Score um, rating, which is uh, pretty great, only behind uh, Keenan Allen and some other guy I can't remember. <laughs> nice. um, uh, <clears throat> anyway, anyway, so Tinktail's good, is what I'm saying, and he should still be able to get it done, even if they want to be uh, run heavy or, or balanced or whatever. Noah Brown mentioned this on on Tuesday's show. Uh, 75% route share since week seven, second on the team in targets per route run. Sorry, second in the NFL in targets per route run over the past two weeks. Uh, so he's running hot is what I'm saying. But he's running enough routes to be relevant, I think, in 12-team leagues, say where you have multiple flexes. I think I really do think you can throw him in there. He's out there enough. Him and Dalton Schultz are eating up the middle of the field stuff.
1: I always wonder if they're going to get like a poor man's 49ers thing going, though, where if everyone's healthy – how in the world is everyone going to get their due targets? Cause they all right. deserve the target. Even Noah Brown like deserves targets at this point, but if they're all healthy, I mean, Robert Woods is banged up again. It's going to be, someone's going to get left out each week in the Texans. It's going to be pretty yeah. painful.
2: Yes. And, and uh, last week was a great slot matchup against the Bengals. Not as much this week against Arizona.
1: I was going to ask you guys where to rank Devin Singletary, but Denny's projecting 1.2 million. carries. So <laughs> <is the problem, laughs> seems like I, do, I have the RB 17 which sometimes feels low to me, sometimes feels very high. I have ranked as a strong RB2, just based on workload alone
3: and scoring. I think low. I think low. I think scoring environment plus workload is closer to like 1-2 borderline, like 14. You're like, I'm not going to give them the RB1 designation, but I could have. Just know the threat is there. I could have <laughs> if I wanted to. have done it.
2: I All want right. to. Yeah, but yeah. I, I do think – So Devin Singletary, his first game as starter for Houston was was horrible, and it didn't make much sense because his like underlying – numbers have always been really good uh yeah, I except
1: for his receiving efficiency where he's like always yeah
2: i'm talking about rushing and and i know people don't want to hear it they don't want to hear it they they want to deny that Devin singletary is good he was great against the Bengals. i mean great he, was un- he, he passed the eye test too he was gashing the Bengals. yeah yeah he was making guys miss he was getting yards after contact so i'm kind of bullish on him
1: I almost cut your mic, um, but I'll let you regroup. Uh, we will be right back after this. Sunday night football is headed to altitude this week when the Minnesota Vikings travel to Denver, Colorado for a battle with Russell Wilson and the Broncos. Coverage of the interconference matchup begins at 7 p.m. Eastern only on NBC and Peacock. And don't forget, find all your favorite NBC sports shows on Amazon Music. Just head to Amazon.com slash NBC Sports.
0: Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
1: How do you guys feel about the Broncos making the playoffs, by the way? Um, uh, let's, be... let's
2: get it done. Let's the Broncos... it.
1: I,
3: I think the NFL is better when Russell Wilson is good. Like. He's really fun when he's hot. And he hey, don't tell that,
1: that to Sean really Payton. Hot. We'll talk about this later in the show, but don't tell that to Sean Payton, who yeah. uh, does not want him to do anything
2: ever. Yeah, I have another thing. When we get to the Broncos, I have another thing. Go Let's ahead.
1: Say, when we get to the Broncos, right now we have the Chargers arriving in Green <clears> Bay, <throat> Wisconsin. His field goal favorites, Kyle. Jordan Love might be a streamer, but we will start with Justin Herbert. Can he keep producing high-end QB1 numbers with the way his receiver core is right now? Everyone is banged up. We think Keenan Allen's going to play through his shoulder injury, but he seems to have a fairly significant shoulder injury. Jalen Guyton, Quentin Johnston are battling for scraps. Uh, Gerald Everett is always injured. Donald (laughs) Parham's trying to contribute. Can Justin Herbert keep it up against a pretty solid Packers pass defense?
3: Yeah, I think for this team, the volume will be there and the talent as far as quarterback and wide receiver one goes, as Denny pointed out, Keenan Allen crushing like open score yards per route run, having like, I mean, I don't want to say a bounce back year because you looked at the end of his 2022 season and he looked really good and it's carrying through. But I do think it's going to be increasingly more difficult the farther you go down this roster without a guy who can stretch the field. Like, Guyton can kind of do that, but I think it's fair to say, like, he is a sort of fringe 53-man roster, plays a few routes, and now he's playing... Uh, it's a bit better than that, but... That's all he can do, by the way, is stretch the field.
1: So he, he's not, like, kind of a field stretcher. He just is a field stretcher. It's everything he's, he's
3: kind of a field stretcher in that he should play, like, 20 snaps a game, and he's going to be true. on the field for every single snap... <clears throat> of every like offensive play they run. And the alternative is Quentin Johnson who just can't get open, can't earn targets. Like I still think Justin Herbert low end QB one is a very safe place to put him. Cause he's really good. He's got a good wide receiver one. And they've got like, I don't say playmakers. They have potential around him, but I'm not super optimistic that he can keep up with the guys who can both get there rushing and passing or the best passing quarterback. So, I mean, I probably won't have him as like a top five quarterback anytime soon.
1: Who wanted to mention this note about his yards per attempt and his EPA? Was that you or Denny? Someone put something in the show sheet here on Justin. Oh, Earth. I
3: might, I usually make a copy of the show sheet. I might have pasted it to the wrong one. Get those <laughs> out of here. They're confusing me. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't do it. Just, no, sorry, it
2: but hey, if, you, me, if you must know,
3: his yards per attempt and his EPA per play are uh, down since losing <laughs> Mike Williams or something like that.
2: Uh, as, some, as someone told me online the other day, uh, no one knows what EPA stands for.
3: No, no, they do not. What is expected
1: points added? There you go. All right. They
2: if you're much. a fan of baseball, you got to be good with
3: these. Uh, these. Um uh, like acronyms, because man, baseball's got the goofiest.
1: By the oh. way, Kyle never quote release the tapes of our EPA debate the other day. <laughs> 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 never ever do it.
2: I I, I'm going to. By the way, when when you guys when you guys get on my nerves, I'm releasing the tape.
1: <laughs> I am pro EPA, both in real life and fantasy football. By the way, uh, we need clean water, folks. So yeah, Denny is 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 Jordan Love a streamer? He keeps getting away with it. Like, oh. he's not good, but he gets two touchdowns every single game. He plays yeah. like just out of control enough, I feel like, that he gets two touchdowns. Is yeah. he a streamer this
2: week? Yes. Yes. Uh, he has six touchdowns over the past four games somehow. I really don't understand it. I don't either. Um, he's still insanely inaccurate as a passer. <laughs> Only Matthew Stafford and Zach Wilson have a lower completion rate over expected this season. Um, the matchup is is good, is very good. Hard. I mean, the matchup you know, is
1: out of control. Good.
2: Chargers are allowing the fourth highest uh, completion rate over expected this season. The seventh highest dropback EPA. Chargers are twenty third in pressure rate, which is a little surprising considering the Bosa guy. Uh, you know, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so uh, he should be in a, in a good spot. I mean, I, I worry about this game getting ugly. I feel like it, I feel like it could get ugly um, if the Chargers can't push the Packers. Uh, But but, but, yeah, but I mean, if this if they push, then I think I think Jordan Love has maybe a little bit of upside. He can squeeze out of this matchup.
3: Have you guys looked at streaming quarterbacks this week? It is terrible. I think the problem is that uh, at some point, like quarterback, uh, quarterback, and I'd say receiver to an extent, we can filter for talent, which means the waiver wire gets churned to the point where the only guys left are. Well, quarterback, especially because of the injuries, But the only guys left are in O'Connell, Tommy DeVito, like true nobody's Dorian Thompson Robinson's like Baker Mayfield's having a good season he gets rostered over 50 percent Josh Dobbs looks better than we expected gets rostered over 50 percent so we churn down to Jordan Love is the premier streamer of the week
1: it is it's a time of year too where a lot of teams roster two quarterbacks because the buys and the injuries people a lot of times will start off with only one quarterback but it is tough to stream this time of year the buys will end relatively soon so people have to start making business decisions and dropping Mm -hmm. quarterbacks but
3: I mean, if someone threw Geno Smith back, maybe you can get Geno against the Rams. Russ was yeah. my top streamer because he was one of the, like the two guys who were week one starters. Like, we're not talking Aiden O'Connell and Tommy DeVito. Less than 50% rostered on Yahoo Leagues. It was him and Jordan Love almost. Do we fear to tread with Will Levis against the Jaguars? That's what the real question I I'll, I don't know we'll, if we're moving on to that game. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. No, we'll, is the <clears throat> foreshadowing. No,
1: we'll get there in a minute. Kyle, real quick on Chargers, Packers. Aaron Jones, huge touch counts, lack of production. Chargers have improved against the run this year, but still a really bad overall defense. Do we like Aaron Jones to say he's a low-end RB1 in this game?
3: I don't know if we like him as a well. low. Yeah, touch counts. You're right, touch counts. And he's talented. Like, you know, I've talked about uh, receiver talent and quarterback talent. I think his talent matters less because he's so dependent on his team getting him near the end zone. I don't have a ton of faith in Jordan Love manufacturing those drives. But he's getting a lot of touches, and I still think he's good. So, yeah, that sounds fair. The Dallas Cowboys' is traveling
1: 49-17 to 17 review arrives in Charlotte, North Carolina. as two-score favorites, Denny Carter. The Cowboys have finally accepted their fate as a pass-first offense, at least we hope that they have. <laughs> you um, just wait. Yeah. Can we continue to trust this, quote, hella mega? <laughs> I can't remember. Nuclear ultra, or wrote, right? trillion. <laughs> mega fantasy points. Are they going to produce those in these lopsided game scripts? Are they finally going to go back in their shell on the Eastern Seaboard this weekend?
2: Uh, you know, I actually don't think that they are going to go back in their shell. I, Kyle seems skeptical, but uh, it seems that they've done the right thing. And they have based their offense around Dak Prescott, who is good, and CeeDee Lamb, who is also quite good, and now probably the best receiver in the NFL. So. I mean, besides Tyreek Hill, I'm I'm sticking. What to about J.J. Yeah, okay,
1: yeah, J.J. Okay. Eh, eh, nah, Brown, Jamar Chase.
3: Eh. Eh. He's probably top five though. He's probably like in the the tier two of like these guys are also.
2: They'd be so the best in a lot of other.
1: He's also a friend of the show. He has been on the road football show. We digress. Continue.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's here right. He's here at my house.
1: He like, is, like, he's, wow. bad he's actually waiting to come on <laughs> in the second half of the show. We
2: we should have interviewed him during the Cowboys. He's games, he's listening to like. you. It's very this is very awkward. Anyway, since week seven. Uh, the cowboys are 11% over their expected pass rate 20% over their expected pass rate on first downs okay Th- these are our cowboys um, it's worked very well they lead the league in EPA per play and are third in offensive success rate since week 7 so really it's just it's just humming along now yes the panthers are are bad uh, in in many regards but especially bad against the run so maybe we're not going to see the what are the kids called the giga pass heavy approach here okay yes but but we could still see a fair amount of passing uh carolina defense by the way allowing the uh nfl's highest rush epa the seventh lowest stuff rate in the league and the third highest rush yards after contact per attempt they're bad make it stop no just say they're bad i mean i look on this show i'm gonna bore you with with those with those geeky numbers okay Real
3: quick, Kyle, you I've had been, a good, You had a good snoring bit on the show you did a few days did ago. You did you, did you that hear that? Back. Did you like yeah, that? I, I'm like Denny, <laughs> Denny had no reaction. I didn't like it. <laughs> he didn't like it. Uh,
1: uh, by the way, Kyle, Denny referenced the Panthers horrible against the run. So what's the Tony Pollard-Jover update? He's just not getting home no matter the game script. Blowout win, like early first half blowout, clock killing mode. He's not getting home. Is he going to get home against the Panthers? I finally – Probably overly drastically dropped them outside of the top twelve this week.
2: I, I was
3: looking at the rankings and I'm like, this is such a good matchup. Well, th- you don't understand. They're they're big favorites and they have a high implied team total. It's obviously a Tony Pollard week. I say like as I redeposit into my DraftKings account, like, <laughs> I mean, man, this. What as far as this game, it is a great game. Bad as Danny pointed out, bad defense, high implied team total, big favorites. The only thing I'll say is that uh, up until this point. It is, it's been as jover as it's ever been. He's terrible in every metric. His success rate is 17% lower than Ezekiel Elliott's, but his rest yards mm-hmm. over expected is functionally the same, as in he's more boom bust than Zeke, but when you net it all out, he looks the exact same. So to put things in perspective, that's where we're at with him. It's a great matchup. You should be starting him and be prepared for maximum pain when uh, all, of the, all of the advanced metrics go out the yeah. window and he's bad.
2: I, I and this is not a not a bit. I'm not messing around. I do think Rico Dowdle's in play in deeper leagues, or if you're <laughs> if you're desperate like I am at running back in some league. Uh he tw- twelve carries for 79 yards and a touchdown last week in probably similar game script against the Giants. So I, I think I think 10 touches is definitely within reach for Dowdle in this game.
1: Very, very much so. For the Panthers, I just wrote Panthers lull. They got the lull this week on yeah, the show man. sheet. Uh, Frank Reich, Colin plays for the second time this season. Uh, can't He can't decide. He can't decide. He knows it's over. He can't decide what degree of over it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll call plays this week. Is that good for Adam Thielen? I've seen some people pushing the narrative. Well, he at least targets the hell out of Adam Thielen. And I was desperate for a receiver in a league, like so <clears throat> desperate you have no idea. I swung a trade for Calvin Ridley and Adam Thielen two weeks ago. And I'm like, well, whatever. Cat I don't I don't have to like it, but Adam Thielen's what peak wide receiver two performance looks like. And since then he's caught like six passes. Yeah, right. right. Uh, is it good news for him so that Frank Reich's home
2: plays? I actually think that this Pan- Panthers defense has reached a level of Jover that makes it Hard for anyone to produce, um, including the guy seeing still seeing a good chunk of the targets and a good chunk of the air yards. Like he's he's out there and he, he is the wide receiver one, but in an offense so bad and so unproductive, especially on early downs, I just I just don't know what we're doing with Thielen. I mean, I guess you you gotta throw him in there and, and hope against hope, but you do. The, the the days of of like 15 PPR points locked in. You know those those are probably not coming back uh, without a touchdown. Okay, what well, we then need. Then the is- bank is coming back to my house. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't help you with that. What we need is Andy Dalton, who is way better than Bryce. Young. Oh, stop
1: it! Come on, no one's that done. Please stop. What? No Brace. one's. He's not that. He's he's a rookie.
2: Brace, wait a second, Bryce Young nine starts. Come Brace on, Bryce Young will never be better than Dan- Andy Dalton.
1: <laughs> Darn it. he's right but still <laughs> you're not supposed to say that on air sorry but, uh, so i've been really bothered this whole segment by the way i said karen i said charlotte's on the eastern seaboard is it counted on the eastern seaboard why do people live in this town if it's not even on the ocean by the way i've, I've always been very confused by it, a, a lot of quarter. banks
3: here pat you should know it because they'll be visiting you soon got a lot of banks here
1: No, so there it's, are it's, a lot of banks yeah true very good okay. point, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's a, I mean, it's like a a young, uh, young, industrious town for for fintech or whatever they call it. No, it's not on the seaboard. The state. Well, it's not on is, the seaboard. I know it's not on the sea, but I think like you can
1: still call it the seaboard, maybe. But maybe it's too close to the mountains. It I mean, feels probably. like we need to get your guys lawyers. Adam's saying it's it not is the also seaboard. close to the mountains. It is also close to the mountains. It's probably too far from the ocean to be seaborne. I, if I was gonna live in a coastal state, I would simply live on the ocean. But that's just me.
2: I mean, that's a that's a very like rare kind of thing. I mean, and there's not much. I think 60 percent of the U.S. population probably lives in like an ocean
1: county when you think about when,
2: it. When do you think I live by the ocean? I don't. Well, you live near the ocean. I, I live three and a half hours from the ocean. I'm what? To the ocean than Denny is, apparently. You're joking? That make sense. No. Wow. Well, I well, mean, from know. the Atlantic Ocean,
3: <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. All right. Well whatever. Hey, I didn't you know should... you lived in like Ohio. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know what, what are you talking about? Baltimore's not that far from the ocean, is it? I'm looking this up right now. Well Let's I don't I don't, sure. I
2: don't live near Baltimore.
1: Well, don't now you tell me you don't live near Baltimore. And we know <laughs> it's not it's on a bay, but it's part of the ocean. We digress.
2: I, we I actually live long. fifteen minutes from you, Pat.
1: Okay. <laughs> Good to know we should probably get to the other. <laughs> yeah, beach, right? Right? <laughs> yes. uh, The Eagles and Chiefs prepare to rematch last year's Super Bowl showdown with the Chiefs getting three points at home. It's actually down to two and a half, Kyle. Both these teams are coming off by, but we will begin with the Eagles and their post Dallas Goddard skill core. Are the rich in AJ Brown and Devontae Smith just just going to get richer or someone else actually emerge for increased looks?
3: Yeah, I'm not looking to the backup tight ends, which I think would be Jack Stoll for any like meaningful fantasy production. But I do think they've been using Goddard more on screens lately. He was probably the best player in the NFL on screen specifically last year. And for the first few games of the year, I think uh, when Shane Steichen left, he took his playbook and they're like trying to remember all the things. What did, what did he do? Uh, the touch push. Obviously that one's famous. Throw to AJ Brown a lot. Let's do that one. And they left out all of the screens for Dallas Goddard. And then right as uh, Nick Sirianni said, we think, you know, Goddard will get going. They start dialing up more and more screens for him. Wouldn't be surprised to see those go to the running backs specifically, DeAndre Swift, because this year one of the things they've added a wrinkle they've added to the offense is way more passing volume to the running backs. I feel like that tends to happen when Miles Sanders is your running back versus like elite two-way type of player DeAndre Swift. Maybe that even goes up more design targets for DeAndre Swift, who has undoubtedly earned them.
2: Uh, You're on mute, Pat.
1: I thought. Well, I thought Kyle was going to keep talking, and I was actually. I was actually. This is not a joke. Uh, Googling the Eastern Seaboard. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what is considered part of the Eastern Seaboard? But no, really, really good stuff there. And just yeah, I, I mean, there's no one. I'm not even ranking Jack Stoll. Are you? I don't
3: think I ranked him either. Maybe he was like, you know, I try to get up to 30 just for for a round number. Maybe he got to 30, but like, it could be. Do they still have Grant Calcaterra on this roster? Yeah. Oh, I think so. What about the um? They still have a converted the, Buffalo they missed- quarterback? Converted Buffalo quarterback.
1: No, they still have Brent Selleck, by the way. Oh, nice. <laughs> Jeez. I
2: don't, that's a back. No the Zoomers have no idea.
1: They do have no idea. Denny, DeAndre Swift check in. Only one rushing touchdown in his past five games. The touches are still great. 15 carries every week, three or four catches. Yeah. This is not translating to RB1 numbers because Jalen Hurts, just more more of a monopoly than ever on the goal
2: line. Yeah. Look, yeah, I mean, Philadelphia is the third run heaviest team in the red zone this season. That shouldn't come as a surprise, seeing that the tush push is an automatic touchdown at the one yard line. Um, but, you know, DeAndre Swift has has been unlucky. I wrote about this in regression files a couple weeks ago, uh, but it remains true. So only Josh Jacobs and Tony Pollard have more rushes inside the 10 yard line than Swift. Swift only has three touchdowns on 19 green zone carries, green zone being inside the 10. So he, he's run cold. He's, he's been tackled at the one-yard line a bunch. Uh, it's, that's been tough for uh, for those of us who have some DeAndre Swift exposure. Uh, <clears throat> his his role seems locked in. I know Kenneth Gainwell scored like a 20-yard touchdown last time they played. Don't worry about that. I know you worried about that at the time. Stop worrying about it now. Uh, he has at least, let's see, yes, he has at least 18 touchdowns. Touches in six straight games. Talk about DeAndre Swift. Uh, and and also, folks, look, <clears throat> I would be remiss, and I've never remiss, uh, if I were uh, not to tell you that Kansas City is the fourth most extreme run funnel defense over the past month. So I think we could see a fair bit. Of leaning into the run against the Chiefs. The
1: Chiefs have got to stop playing elite defense. It's messing up like, it's, a lot of stuff, guys. I've, I've got thing. good news. I've got good news.
3: Albert Okuibunum is on the Eagles roster. I forgot. They, I think they even claimed him if I remember correctly when the Broncos cut him. I said I don't think anyone's going to get fantasy value, you know, in, in lieu of Dallas Goddard. My my fifty eight man oh. dynasty team. They're open. <laughs>
1: Now, Albert O confirms that indeed no one will be getting fantasy no, yeah. <laughs> Don't don't absence. pick up Albert O, to be clear. Yeah, don't don't, Dallas don't pick up o. Kyle, anything changing with the Chiefs receiver patterns heading into their week 10 by this still feels like Rasheed Rice or Bust. We're now getting the narrative that they're protecting Kadarius Tony for the
3: playoffs. A real good plan. Real like yeah. it's it's 26 playoffs. They're thinking he'll know, be ready for a protecting
1: football. Kadarius Tony for the playoffs is a real like yeah, my girlfriend goes to another high school. Yeah, it's yeah. it's not even in another county; it's actually in another state. We met online. It's kind of a crazy story.
3: <laughs> she
2: so, lives in Canada.
1: Yeah, she does live in Canada actually, in Alberta, well,
3: the, like one of the provinces way up north. Not yeah. one of the ones close. You couldn't get there, car no, or plane.
1: She, <laughs> she, lives, she lives in none none of it, or however you pronounce that one. Um, so the Yukon Territory,
3: actually. I mean, I just look it up. There's a
1: Wikipedia. Wikipedia is a great website. Uh, but yeah, anything changing with the Chiefs' receiver patterns, Kyle?
3: So, yes, uh, slightly, actually. Sky Moore, uh, I guess two weeks ago, one game ago, like, functionally benched. He ran around on something like 20 to 30% of the team's dropbacks. That's way lower, like half of what it has been previously. Thank God. Uh, Rasheed Rice, 89, 90, 100% routes. Checks checks the, the box score, checks the, the route rates. Justin Watson, that's who it was. And so – If you want to pick up and play 70% routes in a shootout, Justin Watson, I wouldn't entirely blame you. He actually might be better than Sky Moore, but, you know, I've set the lowest bar to clear. So, and it didn't result in more Rasheed Rice routes is what I actually care about. So, yes, changes. Do we care? No, probably not. By the way, we haven't
1: mentioned Isaiah Pacheco's name in a while. Anything to say on this guy? Just 16, 17 carries every week gets yeah. a touchdown every second or third game, not doing as much in the passing game as we would like. What do you say, Denny?
2: I I looked into it strongly, powerfully, and I did not find anything to say <laughs> that he has lost his grip on this backfield as the RB1. He's running more routes than than McKinnon. Uh he's seeing all the carries basically. He's just not really doing anything with it. Uh you know, keep on keep on plugging with uh Pacheco. keep on keeping on brother by the way i love wikipedia
1: they don't even have an eastern seaboard wiki they just have an east coast of the united states wiki wow and they do they include charlotte in it of course it's one of the principal cities of the east coast but yeah charlotte's not the eastern seaboard i agree with producer adam uh i'm sure the, the
3: audience is just uh, hey keep talking about the uh, eastern <laughs> they Seaboard. they tuned in to talk yeah, about the, like
2: seaboard. the <laughs> seaboard bring
3: <laughs> back the big slurping bit kyle did from the first two minutes of the show <laughs> <Bring> <laughs> well, back it's
2: the slurping good audio bit.
3: <laughs> Fresh off upsetting the Buffalo Bills, the Broncos
1: are two and a half point home favorites against the Minnesota Vikings, Denny. We will begin with the Vikings and the potential return of Justin Jefferson. What would the Alphas return due to the Vikings' fragile post-Kirk Cousins ecosystem? A lot of moving parts here. And again, Justin Jefferson seems like legitimately questionable. It's Thursday, we unfortunately don't have a good grip on whether or not he's going to play. Yeah. But how would this throw this whole thing into disarray if he came back?
2: Yeah, I, well, I think it primarily makes jordan addison way shakier as a fantasy option um with with jefferson out you know it's been hawkinson seeing like 30 plus percent of the targets and then addison around around 20 percent um seeing a lot of kind of high variance targets so i think he could get away with it but like you you might have like if you're in a 10 team league you probably have a better option than Addison with Jefferson in the lineup. I guess is what is what I would say. I'm also not not fully convinced that the Vikings are gonna are gonna keep passing like a ton. Like it, it, uh, I, I know that they were one percent over their expected dropback rate against the Falcons when Je- Dobbs came in, didn't know the playbook, which is um, um, incredible. At last week against the Saints, they were five percent over their expected dropback rate. You know, so I. Mm-hmm. I <clears throat> It is good. It is good. Now now I'm, now I'm starting to doubt what I originally – how I started this sentence. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but we can edit that. Adam will uh, we'll edit that. Um, uh, but anyway, yeah, Addison becomes shakier. But, man, Hawkinson just has the scam going in full force. The machine is going burr.
1: It's – the the money printer is burring so much for T.J. I don't even think yeah the return of Justin Jefferson could even – No. And, and Josh Dobbs, two different offices, two totally different systems – has been targeting tight ends all year.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So does not affect uh, T.J. Hawkinson. You would believe Kyle Javante Williams just a bell cow now. They have fully committed to him. They're hiding Russell Wilson. I, I mean, that game Monday night was almost painful. I couldn't believe there were people after the game say, "Oh, r- great game from Russ." Throwback game from it wasn't a bad game from Russ. It was just a if you throw the ball deep. Uh, I hope you know who Jared Stidham's coming into this ball game.
3: Russ It was a throwback game in one of the ones where they run what uh, Thomas Rawls twenty times, every time is first and second down. and then and then when defenses have put fourteen men in the box, they didn't get called for a penalty. Uh, then then obviously, Russ hits a deep one to Doug Baldwin probably at that time. It was like that, that in that sense, it was a throwback game. And yeah, we'll probably see more of that because Javante is playing well. And they have, like you said, they've completely committed to him since week seven. He's seen 69% of the team's carries. And although he's not running a ton of routes, he has a 16% target share, which is really strong for a running back. And I saw a few people tweet about this in the off season. Uh, Running backs don't like third downs don't matter directly for fantasy points to running backs because for most their downs, you're trying to get a first down. You're throwing past the sticks. A 1-A dot target doesn't matter. It's what they mean. It means you're a good passing downs back. And this is where you can see that break, where they are just targeting him on early downs and targeting him specifically, designing a place for him through the air with reckless abandon, even if they're not actually putting him there out there for a lot of routes. So I actually think it will hold.
1: Yeah, just I, I well, honestly was trying to get Javante Williams into the top 12 this week. Which... I think I did. Yeah, just too many carries and like enough receptions. That I just kind of stopped biting city hall on that one. Yeah, you guys have anything to say on the Vikings' backfield? It seems like Alex, Ale- excuse me, Alexander Madison is going to sit. Ty Chandler was mixing in even before Madison's Week Ten concussion. I couldn't quite get him in the top twenty-four. I don't really know why. This honestly kind of like unknown syndrome, and it's a bit of a deeper week at running back, just as is the case at quarterback, but. What do we expect for Ty Chandler against the Denver Broncos?
3: Only thing I had what you pointed out was that he was seeing work even before Madison went down. Madison only outtouched him 10 to eight before Madison's final play of the game. So to me, if they were willing to put him in, I don't say bench their starter, but make it a true committee. Now that they're down to miles Gaskin or Kenny Nwangwu. I think we could see a lot of touches for Ty Chandler and he looks really explosive when he touches the ball. Probably not a guy you want to touch the ball 15 to 20 times per game over the course of a full season, We'll probably see it this week. So I I did have him as a top 24 running back, maybe even top 20.
1: Final note on this game, Russell Wilson has been under 200 yards passing in five straight starts. Yeah. They're not doing it. They're not doing it.
2: Yeah, I actually don't think that he's fantasy viable. You said you do or don't? I don't.
3: Yeah, I mean, he's I mean, not him, him or Jordan Love. That's because that was my. Well, he, that's uh, the thing. He's
1: kind of Jordan loving, where he's getting two touchdowns every week, but just no volume, no big plays. No,
2: no, no. This team, I mean, you you can see it in the way they operate all the time, including at the end of that game against the Bills. Uh, they they're scared to death of Russell Wilson. They do not want to trust him. And by the way, I, this is part of the show where I wanted to mention this. Cortland Sutton is asking for apologies to yes. be sent to Russell Wilson. For his, I guess, disastrous 2022 season, Uh, there will be no apologies coming from
1: this. (laughs) Danny, man, can you imagine if there were Galaxy Brains today? We would have had to really hammer that one. Well, we might be
2: able to. We might be able to touch on that on uh, special, special Galaxy Brains next week.
1: Don't worry, the brains will be bigger than ever for Thanksgiving week. The 49ers got right in Week Ten against the Jaguars, and they're now 11 and a half point home favorites against the road trip and Bucks. Kyle. All three of Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, and George Kittle got home for touchdowns in Week 10. But what are realistic expectations for this elite skill core when it's at full strength? Brandon Ayuk only got three targets last week, for instance.
3: Uh, any way to divine like who's getting the touches
1: from this elite skill core trio?
3: Yeah, so they have played, I believe it's four games with every- everyone seeing at least 70% of the routes because they've had a few partial games and a ton of games where at least one of them isn't playing. But in those four games, Christian McCaffrey leads all of them in targets with 24, Brandon Ayuk just behind him at 23, Debo Samuel at 19. Those three guys feel more safe in the sense of they're seeing more targets. I still think you're playing Georgia Kittle because he only has 14 targets in those games. It's a very low number for that amount of games but he's still as efficient as he's ever been almost. He was actually a little more efficient a few years ago, but right now he's third in yards per route run. He's uh, ESPN's number one rated tight end in the receiving metrics. He still looks just like he has in yards after the catch. I think his yards per catch is almost at a career high, if not a career high. So if he played wide receiver, I'd say this guy just doesn't see the ball enough for me to trust him. He doesn't. He plays a terrible position for fantasy purposes he gets three targets and he could be the tight end two on the week. So you're still playing him, but I do think he has become the odd man out in this situation. And I'll say it's probably mostly down to Brandon Ayuk's breakout. Brandon Ayuk looks like a true number one receiver this year, where I thought he was a more complimentary strong number two in previous years. This is like a legit breakout from him.
1: Yeah. Week 10 was the, the evidence why you still can't ever bench George Kittle, even when yep. everyone's healthy and he's only getting three to four targets because he gets matched up one-on-one with a linebacker and then baptizes him. Right. <laughs> Sixty-six yard touchdown. It was it was a baptism of Devin Lloyd, who was apparently a first round pick. Uh, didn't remember him at all until George Kittle uh, quote put him on blast. Uh, D- Denny, oh, sorry, I laughed at my own terrible joke, and you guys just
2: sat there uh,
1: <laughs> stone face, stone faced. I was
2: like, ah, here comes the laughs. I mean, I was just gonna let you cook. Uh, you were you you were having a good time by yourself,
1: <laughs> Denny. Speaking of cooking, Mike Evans. Is he creeping back into the wide receiver one mix? He scores a touchdown almost every week. Tough 49ers defense, but one that has given up a lot of receiver fantasy points. This year.
2: Yeah, Look, the Bucks definitely don't want to be pass heavy, but they have no choice if they if they actually want to compete in games and, and try to score points because they have the worst running back room in the league, like by by a, a large margin. The Bucks have been above their expected drop back rate in six of the past seven games. It hasn't generated like huge amounts of target volume for for Mike Evans. He's averaging about eight targets per game over that seven game stretch, which is fine. You know, I don't know. I was expecting more, but anyway, his 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 uh, average depth of target, is A dot, is a little bit on the concerning side. It's at fifteen right now, which is uh, his highest mark uh, in in five years. Last week against Tennessee, he had an A dot near twenty. We don't really love that. Because it it means there's a wide range of outcomes, to put it kindly, on a guy like Mike Evans, where if he doesn't come down with a long long catch or two, it's going to be ugly for for his uh, his final his final numbers there. The, the the Niners are the second most extreme pass funnel in the league, so I, I do think that Mike Evans and Godwin have a chance to to both get there against San Francisco.
1: I have just been wondering about that because that was, was very noticeable the first half of the season. That was pre Chase Young. They looked a, a lot more to handle against the jaguars last week. The jags are the slumping jaguars. I mean, I think they're six and three. Maybe I can't really call them slumping. But I, I think some of the 49ers defensive numbers are probably not as useful as they had as they were before the Chase Young acquisition, but we'll find out here in the next two or three weeks. Uh, I mean, Chris Godwin, by the way, is this guy even still a wide receiver three? No touchdowns. Yeah. a floor? Absolutely no ceiling. Is he still even a wide receiver three?
3: Uh, well, I don't think so. He's, maybe he's 36, but like he's basically he's basically like the wide receiver 30 to 35 in every expected points model, and they all have him underperforming that to a pretty concerning degree. His efficiency metrics are all falling, and he's clearly his team's like deep wide receiver too. Like he just can't hold a candle to Mike Evans. Uh, the good teams are back this week, so maybe not. Maybe
2: not. God, uh, Godwin is the cover guy on the regression files. Just so if you'd like to look into that strongly, you can. Didn't um,
1: down very bad.
2: He's uh, <laughs> <clears throat> look, he's seen a lot of a, a, a lot of red zone, a lot of green zone targets. Evans is not. Um he has been tackled inside the three yard line thrice in recent weeks. So wow. I I actually I actually think that Godwin is a good bounce back guy going forward.
1: It's actually good to hear because it's been a little sad for someone who is such a fantasy factor for such a long time.
2: Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed?
1: At long last, Justin Fields returns for the Bears, who's been out since week six, Denny. The Lions have a decent defense, but have found themselves caught up in a number of shootouts of late, including last week against the Los Angeles Chargers. Can yeah. so we rush return Fields to the top 12 at quarterback? Uh, I am doing so this week. And what does it mean for DJ Moore, who is still getting a decent amount of targets at Tyson Bagent, but predictably the upside had vanished completely?
2: Right, so... DJ Moore's uh, a dot is too high. The safeties are too high. The ankle sprains are too high, and DJ Moore's a dot is too high. Uh, and to be, you know, super reliable as a PPR option, um, <clears throat> he has had like nuclear games with Justin Fields under center, a couple of them. So we like that. We also have seen the the total on this Lions Bears game rise from forty five to forty eight over the past couple of days. Wow. So could could be could be a, a good environment for DJ Moore. <clears throat> I actually wrote up DJ Moore in the in the regression files. Um 44% air yard shares the fourth highest mark in the NFL. He had 60% of the air yards last week for the Bears. You know, so he, he's seeing he's seeing some good opportunity. Hopefully, man, I just worry about Justin Fields being forced into like the the Tyson Bajent role, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Like that was- being do that, yeah. Like, like seven step dropbacks and like having to like eva- evaluate like multiple reads. Like, that's not his game. His, you know, he they when they use him uh as a dual threat, he's he's been really good for fantasy. And I'm afraid that they they don't they're not committed to that.
1: I that's one know. Justin Fields mode. The other is even crazier, Josh Allen. And I think maybe <laughs> they'll let him do that this week, just because they're, they're over touchdown underdogs on the road. Um, so maybe we'll get some yellow Justin Fields, but I, I agree. That I actually, that is a nightmare vision. I hadn't even really considered well it worked for Tyson. Uh, so, so, I mean,
3: we've seen them do this. They did this at the beginning of last season. They started off doing it this season where they treat him as like a athletic pocket quarterback type where he is truly the best running quarterback, uh, like of the past 10 years or so. He was, I think he was like one game played away last year from setting the Russian record at quarterback. He was. And instead, and instead they're like, all right, one or two design carries, uh, a little bit of zone read. Like, no, you should truly unleash him on the ground. And that's also going to open up lanes for him passing. And then they started to evolve into that. Both this year and last year, they sort of had a come to Jesus moment. Like, oh, this is clearly the best avenue to use this guy. I am concerned that we've seen them not use him that way before. And, oh, it worked like, oh, it worked for Tyson Vagent. So this will be like a good litmus test for how smart this uh, play calling is.
1: It's kind of that old idiom. They'll, will they'll, they'll do the right thing after trying everything else first. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yep.
2: Yeah. I'm afraid mad. we're gonna end this game with people calling for Tyson Bajan to come back.
1: Uh, I, yeah, it's though, no, it's definitely happening. Yeah. The, the, the Bajan contingent has been loud and proud on uh, X. They have. Kyle, what do we say about the Lions' running backs? We've talked about a lot this week, but it's because it's an important subject. We got Jameer Gibbs goal line carries last week. Which, you know, we've talked about too. David Montgomery like gave one of them to him.
3: We're he not scored that sure. first one, right? He, he immediately came in. And We're scored. not entirely sure what it all means, but just
1: try, try to break down the Lions running back. Uh, it, was, it was the first game like post Jameer Gibbs breakout. And what do we think was sticky from last week? What do we think will be the case going forward between Gibbs and David Montgomery?
3: Yeah, I think a few probably sticky things to point out is that it was more of a pure rotation, and I think we saw earlier in the season there was a very limited role when they were both active for Jameer Gibbs. That just wasn't the case last week. Gibbs outcarried David Montgomery. Maybe that doesn't hold, but the fact that he can hold a candle to him in terms of just overall carries, he also ran 64% of the team's routes. Early in the year, they weren't even letting him run all of the routes because he's probably not as good of a pass protector as David Montgomery. So they were using David Montgomery on too many passing downs as well. They seem to truly view it as a committee where either of them can play either role. And even if you take away the one goal line carry that Dave Montgomery did signal in Jameer Gibbs to bring, even if you take that one away, they were still giving Jameer Gibbs reps on the goal Mm -hmm. line. I think it's more of a rotating drive situation versus a, this guy plays this role. And early in the year, the role for Jameer Gibbs just wasn't going to cut it. I think it is there now.
1: And I I agree with your take. And with Jameer Gibbs, as being the more explosive player, the higher upside player, you give him somewhat comfortable rankings advantage, not like like 20 spots apart, but I've got to rank seven or eight spots ahead of David Montgomery, which I'm sure I will live to regret. But uh, <laughs> these things go. Denny, anything on the Bears running backs? We think Khalil Herbert is finally coming back this week, but Matt Eberfleur is always, I'm not a doctor. I mean, no, like, no. I've met some doctors, but I don't know. Well,
2: like we talked about on Galaxy Brains, Matt needs to either lie or tell the truth, but he cannot, he cannot keep mixing these two things. Uh, yeah, I mean, if Herbert comes back, I would expect him to reassert himself as the, the primary back. I, I, don't, I don't know if that means that he gets like 80% of the touches or anything. I mean, Deontay Foreman has performed well after being a healthy scratch for part of the season, which was one of the more confusing things uh, <clears throat> that I've seen in 2023. Uh, Roshan Johnson is jover for sure. Like no, he has nothing, nothing going for him on any, and, and he's been, he's been horrible.
3: Okay,
2: (laughs) Um, so I I, I would I would guess like a 60 40 split between Herbert and Foreman. Uh, And I I think if you have Herbert, uh, you can you can toss him back in your lineup, depending on your running back situation. So he's a
1: low end RB three and he's in the flex mix, but it's just uncertain enough in a uncertain enough.
3: They also added him to the injury or added a shin injury to his injury report. And he was limited. I believe he was. Three full practices last week, and then shows up to the next practice with limited. Right. I still think he's likely to get activated, but like they don't do trip rush on the steps back.
1: or something. Do I do don't you know. I
3: don't know what happened. Uh, yeah, on the steps of the plane to go back home because it didn't like Thursday night last week. Banged his shin on the plane steps or whatever. I don't know. And I think they still have one more week to activate him before his twenty-one day window they is do. up. So. They could they could sit him out if they wanted to. Also, the limited could have been just a like clean precaution. Like he doesn't need to run a full route. Capitalize to, R-
1: to RotoWorld.com on that one. The coping Bills are touchdown home favorites against the reeling Jets. Kyle, someone has to win this game. It will probably be the Bills. But what if anything do we expect to change in the post Ken Dorsey Buffalo offense? Let's start with James Cook in the backfield. Who, uh, James Cook's football life was flashing before his eyes <laughs> in Week Ten. He was benched. Then he was the, quote, only good Bills player for the most important moments of the game. What do we think is going to happen with this maybe new-look Bills offense?
3: Yeah, he had an early fumble, was out for like two drives, and then breaks a long carry in which he dribbles the football off the ground. Someone punched it out, and it just – that was the moment at which he was like, I can pick this ball up and keep running, and I'll have three to five more years in the NFL or I can drop it and I'll be <laughs> looking at what the XFL situation is for the next year.
1: Gosh. He picked it up.
3: He's very explosive, but I, I mean, you see, you see that game and you understand why his team maybe is a little conservative, of how they use him. Do I agree with it? No one. Cause fumbles are very random, but two, I don't think it's worth it to kit Latavius Murray or maybe Leonard Fournette in there. But I'm not confident that this coaching change is going to all of a sudden make him a bell cow back. Like he wasn't like a bell cow back in college. His team hasn't shown any indication to use it. And the head coach is still there. It's not like they've changed the entire regime. So I'm not confident that they actually go out and change their usage for him a ton.
1: Yeah, that ham was greased in that game, by the way. Both (laughs) both teams were just like, I'm going to fumble now. (laughs) And And Denny, real quick, I didn't ask you this, but do you have any thoughts at all what might change with Joe Brady or are you thinking kind of like the same chaotic muddle for the Bills offense?
2: Yeah, we're going to go with a chaotic muddle. <laughs> I, I, I do want to reiterate that Ken Dorsey did nothing wrong.
1: Oh, he did. Uh, we, we already debated this enough, actually. No, nothing.
3: <laughs> he
1: did a lot
3: wrong. It was awesome. Well, I, I want to see also, I, I really want to see uh, more Stefan Diggs targets over the past three weeks, basically since they lost Dawson Knox, his eight come down a little bit. They're using him a little bit more in the slot. Like, let him be the like number one alpha outside receiver. He's not giant, but dude, he plays like he's an alpha number one. And his target share is down to 21% over the past three weeks. I think part of that is just they've gotten Dalton Kincaid out there more and he's earning targets on, on his own. But like Diggs is still better. Give Diggs more targets, please.
1: They're not treating Steph Diggs like him. Denny, is Brice Hall getting enough work to remain in the top 12? It's kind of under the radar this week. Not really under the radar. The Jets waved. Michael Carter. He wasn't doing anything in for the box score, but he was running routes. Maybe those routes filtered down to Brees Hall. Mm-hmm. What's the Brees outlook for week eleven?
2: That's a, that's was kind of my thought here. It looks like the Jets are done with playing their bad players, except for Zach Wilson. They're gonna <laughs> <laughs> uh but they they it looks like they're on their way to benching CJ Uzama, who makes a Breathtaking mistake at least once a week. He really does. It's Uh, very
1: strange. (laughs) Like, like,
2: like, honestly, like a game turning mistake, like whether it's holding or a drop pass or whatever, he's had a disastrous season. But by the way, fine guy, CJ is always great. great
1: No, but no one's saying that.
2: Personally, I love him. Professionally, cannot stand him. Uh, Look, so Jeremy Ruckert is supposed to play more snaps to tight end. Uh, you guys don't care about this, but Pat, they designated Kenny Yaboa to return from IR. <laughs> I don't, I don't I think that's true. I don't know if so. Is- so it, lo- it looks, you know, I, it, any effort to get the ball into Garrett Wilson's hands and into Brees Hall's hands, I support for one. Um, I'm probably not alone on that, yeah. So, I mean, Brees Hall is kind of. Terribly game script dependent lately. Where if they fall behind, it's not going to happen uh, for him. And he, you know, he had three catches last week against the Raiders. He had four catches the the week before that against the Chargers. Uh, more pass game involvement would would sort of make him, you know, less sensitive to game script. But he is dominating the backfield touches here. I have a stat that I can't find. Oh, there it is. Uh, you know, over past three games. Brees Hall has 41 rush attempts to Dalvin Cook's seven and Michael Carter's two. So he's seeing he's seeing all of it. It's just that they they can't really establish it when Zach Wilson is messing everything.
1: They're they're like the kind of team they need to be running like forty five times a game. their offensive line just isn't good enough.
2: But they can't, they you know, they can't be as you know, because they fall behind. And and it's once crazy. you fall behind, you can't do it.
1: They fall behind, but th- there are teams that have gotten away with that kind of approach. But you have to have a road paving offense.
2: Yeah. Okay. I, I think yeah, they
3: don't have yeah. the offensive line for it, and I don't think Brees Hall is that kind of back where you're no, like. It, it would require
1: Cannon fodder. Dalvin Cook carries. I but I, But the th- the
3: problem with those is like Derrick Henry, you can run forty times a game yeah. because he's really good at locking in four yards or forty where Dalvin Cook is really good at locking in negative two or negative six. That kills your drive instantly. But Brees Hall is also extremely boom bust for like as much as I love him. He's still doing the thing where he gets two carries and the drive is over. And then on the next drive, he opens up with a 40 yarder. It's really hard to be the run heavy team that like they maybe could be when Brees is the home run hitting type. And he's not the also I can lock in four to five yards.
2: Real quick. The Jets are stubbornly pass heavy of late. Here, here are some uh some numbers of their uh dropback drop dropback rate over expected of late uh against the Eagles five percent over 11 percent over the next week against the Giants zero percent against the Chargers and 12 percent over their expected drop back rate against the Raiders what are they doing the Raiders are a terrible rush defense they they that's right they should have run it Literally every single play. That's I was confused why they weren't just
1: running like even if it was like two yards, three series in a row, they should have just not attempted a pass. I mean, <laughs> what
3: happened,
1: is what I thought should have happened.
3: That game was close too, right? That wasn't actually one of the the blowout Plus. games. Like when you're playing in a close game against a bad run defense. Yeah, totally. That's the spot where like don't let don't let Zach Wilson pass. When you think I mean like oh or- don't let him temp twenty five. Don't let him temp five, man.
1: When he passes to only a target Garrett Wilson, he is living up to that end of the bargain, at least. Yeah, The Los Angeles Rams, I almost said St. Louis somehow, come off <laughs> by with Matthew Stafford returning under center. In theory, good news, Denny, but as we discussed, Stafford just has not been good. Are Cup Nakua in trouble with his increasingly bad play, or does it not matter? Because the one thing he does is get them the ball.
2: All right, so here's the the, the, the quick part is that Stafford has been the least accurate quarterback in the NFL this year, especially on downfield throws. The Rams have subsequently gotten balanced and or run heavy uh, in recent, in recent weeks. I'm throwing, I'm throwing out the Brett Ripon start. Okay. Where I'm not in court, just so everyone knows, I didn't incorporate anything into that start. I'm talking about Stafford starts here. Uh, so they're, they're getting a little, a little bit run heavy, but I do think Puka and cup, can get by because it's they're the only games in town, right? Or the combined game in town. Over the past three Stafford starts, those two have combined for a seventy percent air yard share and a fifty eight percent target share. Uh, you know, so I I that's that's crazy. That's like even more extreme than uh, Jalen Waddle and Tyree Hill in Miami. The Seahawks are allowing the eighth highest target share to slot receivers. And I think that should, because Cup is running more routes from the slot than Puka Nakua. So that should primarily benefit cup here he can get off the schneid i think a little bit
1: yeah denny i i was not gonna say this joke on air but i put it in the slide i'm gonna say it anyway you will be hearing from tyler higby's lawyer by the way uh forgot forgot about him he he i feel like he will is inexplicably get five targets but man oh man he is one of the least effective players in the entire nfl denny laid out the rams receiver trends Kyle, what are the seahawks receiver trends everyone's always on the injury report Pete carroll is really in his injury report bag this year yeah dnp uh, three straight days and then play and like look totally normal or they get in like three full practices and don't play. Uh, mm-hmm. What are the Seahawks receiver trends? It does seem like all three are going to play this week.
3: Yeah. I assume all three play. Uh, so starting with the good uh, JSN over the past three weeks, which have been the entire receiver core, I believe four weeks ago is when DK Metcalf missed a game Uh 19% target share. That's, that's a reasonable amount of targets. You could get home from a fantasy fantasy perspective on that type of target share And the bad, he's not running a full complement of routes, and the worse, his ADOT is below three. He is earning more targets, and they're the exact same targets he was earning in weeks one, two, and three, super low-value targets. His route rate might be up slightly over where it was to start the year, but he's clearly the third receiver again. He's clearly the guy who, when you don't have Tyler Lockett open, when you don't have a running back open, when you don't have DK Metcalf open, let's throw it to you two yards downfield. So not really startable. JSN
1: is tearing apart Best Ball Nation, by the way. <laughs> I'm witnessing some very fierce JSN debates.
2: Well, he was considered by some the wide receiver one in Seattle. going was.
1: Can't say I ever understood that one. But uh, we will move on. Denny, anything in the Rams' backfield, by the way, I do we even care. Daryl Henderson seems like a 60%, oh, 65% God. player. Oh. Um, uh, Royce Freeman near 40. Sorry that you are having a physical reaction, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> anything of note with the Rams back here? Kyron Williams, hopefully back in week 12.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I'm actually like angry that how at how horrible this backfield is. There, the, the Freeman and 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 Henderson are splitting everything, they're splitting everything, they're splitting goal line work, they're splitting uh pass routes, they're splitting carries. 21 carries for Freeman over the past two games, 20 for Henderson. I, I honestly look, I spent a lot of time trying to trying to trying to concoct a take I wanted to take I want to throw it at you guys <laughs> and say player X is the guy to have he's the guy you got to you got to play and forget the other guy forget player Y I don't got I don't have it I don't have it. I don't. I don't think you have to worry about either of these guys unless you're you're really hard up for a running back option.
1: This is pure. You need touches in your flex spot. That's
2: all you're doing. I guess. I and guess. Royce but,
1: Freeman. The touches are so low quality. I don't think you can even do that.
2: Yeah. And and also, I don't see this Rams team being able to run much this week against against Seattle. Seattle's run defense has been pretty good. I. I man. Oh. I. I guess. I. If you if you force me to pick one, I would go with Henderson, but just barely.
1: We do force you to, and you did, so that's good. Okay. The Dolphins come off by pushing for two touchdown favoritism at home. Kyle Denny says the Dolphins have gotten exposed. His mm-hmm. words, not mine. Actually, I, he don't think he said exposed, but he he was dabbling with that yeah. take earlier this week. Yeah. Kyle, what is your take on an offense that headed into the open date taking on a little bit of water? They did a spirited comeback against the Chiefs. Devin Hane appears to be returning this week. Hahn, excuse me. Cool. What's your take on the Dolphins' offense coming out of their bye?
3: Yeah, we'll see on a He was limited and we've seen guys get full back to back to back practices when they're on IR designated yeah, return. All crime is legal when they're on IR. There's I know legal
1: practices they're playing.
3: I know. So they, yeah, this year is the first year that once you're designated, they throw you on the injury report. I, at first, I was like, oh, that's really helpful. No, it's not. It's a complete mirage. It is I, not <laughs> helpful
1: at all. Yeah,
3: Yeah. at first, I was like, oh, that's perfect. These guys, they don't have to do injury reports. At least they used to not for these guys. Now they do. They don't mean anything. They're just as useless as they ever were. So I don't know if he plays this week. I do think they need him back because that explosive element to their run game, both with Raheem Mostert seeing more work and being less efficient, and then obviously the loss of A-Chan has – not completely evaporated, but, you know, more or less evaporated. Their passing game also down. They're still not a bad passing team, but over the past 5 weeks we've seen the team's touchdown rate, yards per attempt go down. And I was going to say sack rate, interception rate go down as well. Those went up obviously. They all went in the bad direction. Not drastically, but they're losing some they're losing some big plays, they're making more mistakes. I think that's probably a bit of a product of randomness, but I do think the fact that their run game is not as explosive is obviously a product of the loss of Chan.
1: Yeah, I think everyone watching that Chiefs-Dolphins game kind of arrived at the same take at once, and maybe it was just weird eye test stuff, but it seems like the offense isn't the same when the run game is not the same and it hasn't been close to the same. Where Basically, they need that explosive element in the running game real bad, like you were saying, that it has just kind of changed the entire operation, and they really, really need Devin Hand back, and hopefully they do get him back this week. Denny, what's going on so far with Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers in two games? Post Josh McDaniels two really kind of wonky game scripts is the Giants, the least competitive team in the NFL. And then the Jets who just can't really push you. Devontae has did get back up to 13 targets against yeah. the Jets. Now they're going to be in point chasing mode for the first time without Josh McDaniels and Aiden O'Connell under center. What's the lay of the land for Devontae and Jacoby?
2: Well, it's, <laughs> it seems like Antonio Pierce, the interim head coach for the Raiders uh, is intent on doing this weird thing. Uh, and the the weird thing is that he wants to put the football in the hands of his good players. You I don't get ever, it, but we'll see how it goes. It we, either, we've actually never seen this tried in the NFL. <laughs> but uh, but so far it's 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 working for fantasy, you know. Uh, and, uh, and I get you know it's working for re- for real life. The two and zero uh, with with uh, with Pierce. So yeah, I mean uh, Devonte reestablishes himself last week and it makes me look absolutely silly okay i'm on the set of the happy hour saying I, uh, think about benching Deontay adams and <laughs> he, he immediately gets five targets on the first drive okay i wanted to i wanted to leave the country um <clears throat> and uh
1: that's why you're currently you know, in ecuador by the way because you
2: <laughs> they have good internet thankfully and and uh yeah so so jacob's seeing a ton of volume adam's seeing a ton of volume jacoby myers no longer fantasy relevant i don't think no, well, or hope, or hope, just hope. barely, just barely, really.
1: I, I just think the first two weeks aren't even really that instructive. They didn't have to do anything. He did. The thing he did do was recommit to Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams. Very good. But third player is going to, I think Jacoby Myers actually, it's been kind of like uh, misleading how little production he's had. The well,
2: okay. All right. Look, Job, Jacoby, first of all, first of all, Adams route rate over the past two games for the Raiders, 91%. Jacoby Myers down to 67%. Okay. okay? Uh, jacoby myers seven targets to 18 targets for for adams he has 14 percent air yard share that that is a huge change look josh mcdaniels he he willed jacoby myers into a wide receiver one role in this team without josh mcdaniels we knew and we said this on the show we said when as josh mcdaniels was fired that it's jover for for myers he he was he was the only thing keeping the jacoby myers industrial complex going and and now now no more so you say Antonio Pierce is committed
1: to smashing the Patriots mafia criminal ring. Um, yeah. yeah. By the
3: Kyle is disputing your Jacoby Myers.
1: Yeah,
2: I, I see
3: that.
1: I see
2: that. percent does seem pretty low.
3: Well, well, yeah, <laughs> P- PFF has Jack at uh, 84 and 91. Uh, the targets last week weren't there. 9% target share that obviously mm-hmm. wouldn't cut it. Two weeks ago, 21%. I just wouldn't be surprised if the, uh, the firing of Josh McDaniels makes it look a lot less like, Oh, like, is Jacoby pushing? And he's just clearly the two, like, which makes sense. Devontae Adams is an alpha number one. Jacoby Myers is very good, but there's levels to this. And Devontae will out target significantly almost like like anyone but 10 receivers in the NFL. I think we still see that, but then the gap between Jacoby Myers and anyone else, like maybe not even still probably Josh Jacobs, is still going to be massive because the alternative is to throw to Hunter Renfro. And like that's not going to happen. Whatever the route data is, you
1: are both right. There's clearly been a recommitment to, okay, we have one of the alphas of, of all alphas in the entire NFL in Devontae Adams. It was stupid that it was getting confusing. Like, is he even really the number one? Like, that was just idiotic football coaching. And then he will give you the last word,
2: though, on
1: Chicope Myers, or, or unless you maybe you don't even have one. But.
2: No, no, I, that's it. I mean, you can't, you know, can't start him. No, can't. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you give him the last word. He says things you don't like. And you're like, well, let's Adam's give him the last word. we got him in
1: like the 35 to 40 range still. We shall yeah. see. i got Devontae back in the top 10, though. The I've already used this word too many times to show the reeling Jaguars, host of mm-hmm. Titans, is nearly touchdown home favorite, Denny Carter. You were out in front on Trevor Lawrence being bad. Um, <laughs> he, <laughs> Look, folks. He, he might not be bad, but he's really, really struggling. Is it getting to the point where he cannot support? two top 30 receivers and Christian Watson, excuse me, Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley.
2: Yeah. Look, I mean, all right. If we're being honest, Trevor Lawrence is still living off an amazing freshman year at Clemson. He won a national. Oh no, that was his freshman year. That he won the he's still, he still, <laughs> he's still living that off that, you know, it, this is five years ago, six years ago, whatever. And, and we're still, that's, he's still uh, getting by on that. Um, You know, I don't extreme as a take. He did also, you know,
1: unmask the Los Angeles Chargers in the wildcard round of the playoffs last year after throwing four interceptions. Yes. Yes. Uh,
2: I don't know, man. I don't I don't think someone pushed back on that the other day and they said, hey, he's still a top 25 quarterback. (laughs) All right. Congratulations.
3: (laughs) Yikes. <laughs> it, wait, you really had that interaction happening?
2: I did. Someone said top twenty-five. I said, "Yeah, you're right. That's that's we're on the same page." He is a top. 25. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yikes. Um, right
3: there with right there with Josh Dobbs and yeah, that is Jimmy very Garoppolo ineffective. Cope. Behind Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah, so very I, ineffective. Cope. Some of the I, least effective.
2: Man, uh, yeah. I, the the Ridley thing is is very frustrating because he's basically seeing all his targets like six inches from the boundary line, thirty yards downfield. <laughs> and you just can't, you just can't get by on that fantasy wise. That's just such a tough, tough ask for Ridley. Um, <clears throat> he's also being uh, pressed at one of the league's highest rates and he's, you know, that's affecting him in a, in a, in a <laughs> the worst way possible. So I do think, you know, you probably have to start him, but like Christian Kirk is clearly a better fantasy option. Evan Ingram is going to keep vacuuming up, uh, you know, short area intermediate targets, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't think this offense really wants to be uh, pass heavy at all. Um, it, and that's indicated in that that's shown in the data. Uh, so I, I would expect more Travis ETN. They couldn't do that last week because they just got too far behind. But it makes Ridley a very risky, like a like a zero point floor some some weeks.
3: Yeah, yeah. Any reference- I almost don't think you even start Ridley. He's
2: yeah. seeing
3: 86% of his of his catches have come between or outside of the numbers like when Denny says he's getting thrown six inches from the, one of the boundaries that is the most accurate you yeah. can describe it is they have not given him a single layup. He has five catches between the numbers this year. He gets no layups. He's getting pressed and all of his outside targets aren't like quick hitting outbreaking routes. They're just like, go up and get a jump ball. You 28 year old who's played six games in the past 10 years.
1: <laughs>
3: so Denny referenced the press
1: coverage thing. There's been a movement on Twitter this week. Like uh, maybe start moving around the formation a little more. Because uh, a little happened. tiny guy cannot keep getting pressed off the line at yes. his highest rate.
2: Right. He's not yeah, A.J. Brown. You no. know, like mm-hmm. you can't you can't just throw him out there and be like, go get the ball, big man. Yeah.
1: Uh, Kyle, Will Levis has come back down to earth in a big way the past week. I mean, still looks good at the eye test, but production is not following any positives in the underlying metrics or not really. Just a rookie quarterback who had a really great first game, was in a kind of a tough situation and is now not producing.
3: Yeah, even he gets like full credit for the the first game. He's still falling behind Ryan Tannehill in expected points added. He has a poor PFF passing grade, which will probably, it does dock him for how easy those touchdowns were. And they're scheming no rushing work for him. He's not giving you anything on the ground. So he's a middling to below average exclusively pocket passer. There's like no life with that. He is exclusively
1: in the pocket. They should get him moving around more. He's they should.
3: He was. He's a really good athlete. He put up really good rushing numbers yeah. for at least one season in college. Nope, they're just not. They refuse to do it.
1: They are not. They are, they are a very unimaginative offense. With Deshaun Watson once again line this time for good, Steelers-Browns is checking in with an Iowa-type total. It's down to 33. This oh. is like Iowa-Northwestern at Wrigley Field. We're like, yeah, the field's really in bad shape, and receivers yeah. keep running into the wall. <laughs> Because the end zone is like right on the field. Uh, that's a real, real low total for the NFL. Stunningly low total. What does Watson's loss, Kyle, do for Amari Cooper's wide receiver two odds? Is it, is it DTR? I'm very confused. Is it DTR or, uh, yeah, you know, the other guy starting,
3: P.J. Walker? P.J. PJ's DTR this week. It's DTR. Yeah. Which,
1: so what, what, what's it do? Yeah, DTR is turned in that? what is known as, quote, one of the worst starts in the history of organized football.
3: Yeah. Season. Yep it was i think he's probably worse than pj walker but i also think you have to try and give him a shot because we know we know for sure what pj walker is he is just a below backup level quarterback and it's probably true that DTR is not an NFL caliber quarterback in any sense, like not on a roster. But at this point, you have to take a shot. You have to try and find. Yeah, they're six and
1: three. They've won a few games with PJ Walker. I've actually like, been pretty. Surprised what's going to happen, happen when they get, get into the playoffs
3: run. and bring their PJ Walker to a Patrick Mahomes fight? They're going to get ran out of the stadium. Then,
1: hey, who cares? He made the playoffs. That's like
3: <laughs> no, fair enough. Like if the goal know. of the season is to make the playoffs. Yeah. Air adjustment. Well, you're not gonna like it's not DTR,
1: you're not gonna be winning a wild card game with DTR. I think you need Josh Dobbs. Do you think he could do that? They they should have had Josh Dobbs. They they need to go all in on Browns football and run 50 times a game. PJ Walkers, who had one under center for that, DTR is just gonna be like torpedoing drives like left and right. Do you know what these guys are are (laughs) playing?
2: You know what I'm saying? Browns fans fans are saying they had to let go of Dobbs because he was bad in the preseason. I mean, come on. Come on, man. Yeah, bad in the preseason,
1: hate. and then instantly the savior for two teams. Two Absolutely. teams! Yeah, When my bad preseason quarterback is instant savior for two teams. But can Amari Cooper, Cooper be in the top 24? We're
3: moving, we're moving him back to wide receiver three. This year, he has lost five points per game when Deshaun Watson is not starting. Like you said, they're going to be torpedoing drives. They are going to be one of the lowest play volume teams. Like you said, they probably still will run the football a lot. And when they pass, they're not going to be good at it. They're not going to do it often. And a lot of those targets will go to Amari Cooper. It doesn't matter a ton. It matters for wide receiver three value. That's where it's going to get him. And Kirk Ferentz is seeing 33 like, yikes. You guys might want to get that out
1: here. Consider thirty four and a half? and no, That's an <laughs> Iowa total right there. 33 is just embarrassing. Uh, Denny, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, they're attempting to coexist. Seems like they hate each other, both having bad games lately. Uh, what's yeah. going on with the Steelers
2: receivers? Uh, well, look, uh, Kenny Pickett was especially atrocious last week. And... It's worth noting that the Packers were fifteen percent under their expected dropback rate against the Packers. So we are going to see Arthur Smith levels of establishing, I think, going forward for the Sealers. Um, will they be able to do that every week? Probably not. Will they be able to do that here? I think so, because the look, the the Browns are a massive pass uh, run funnel and. They trust Jalen Warren, who was named the starter, even though it didn't matter. <laughs> did uh, nothing changed at all. I know. I know. <laughs> he, he did get to run out of the tunnel first. I think he that did. that was the main. He also mistake.
1: become a starter. He got 100 yards rushing for the first time, so that was cool.
3: Yeah, no, I mean. Still saw fewer carries and Najee Harris, but neither here nor there. We digress. Only by one. The gap closed. But the fact that they called him a starter and he still yeah. didn't out-carry Najee, it's like, come on.
2: Yeah, that's a little disappointing. Uh, but yeah, so I, I do I do think that you know going forward, like you you're starting Deontay and PPR, you're hoping for that like target domination to come back. And you and you can confidently I think start <laughs> both Steelers running backs here.
1: You can't I think you can kind of really start both Browns running backs. I, I don't think this game's gonna hit the over on thirty three. I think it might come down even a little more too. Mm-hmm. And Kenny Pickett has been you said atrocious,
2: just
3: genuinely
1: cautious. oh
2: i mean really like the underlying numbers are nightmarish
3: yeah. i are. think for the browns backfield you can't start cream hunt he's been almost completely shut out of the backfield yeah. over the past two hold weeks. on
1: i don't I, would, I think you can start cream hunt because the steelers are not going to be jumping out to a two-score lead the browns are I joked they're gonna to try to run the ball fifty times.
3: They're gonna have forty to. 40. I mean, they have to get to fifty though for him to get to twelve, because that's how far they get to forty rush
1: in. attempts. I think twenty-two of those are Jerome Ford's. Probably fourteen or fifteen of them are Kareem Hunt's. The split think, over
3: the past two weeks has been more drastic than that, by. But I
1: think the split was going to come down now because it's going to be so much more run heavy that it's almost going to be like a. I think it's become like a rotation where I think the touch like. I think the touch count might not change that much for Jerome Ford. I think they're going to have to go like a full rotation because the, the, the DTR is not going to be throwing this football.
3: When they did this two, I mean I, they didn't two weeks ago. They had no problem. I think that was a career high in touches for uh, Jerome Ford. He got up to like twenty four or twenty five two weeks ago. The only character, <laughs> the uh, the only thing that Hunt has going for him right now, he still sees the goal line work. I do not think that matters when with this quarterback situation, you won't get there. So
1: I think Kareem hunt is flex. It's going to be interesting because we don't really quite know what the Browns have cooking. Uh, It's going to be very bad. Whatever. Yeah. I was going to say they're cooking Uh, the nastiest meal. We do know that speaking uh, very bad. Oh my Lord. Uh, Giants commanders, 37 total (laughs) commanders, nine and a half point favorites. And the giants are just nine and a half point underdog. I think it's like their closest spread in like a month. Denny, uh, no, nothing to talk about with the G-Men, so we'll just start with Washington. How are things looking for Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson Jahan Dotson amidst this avalanche of passing volume where there's so many pass attempts and there's still neither one of them is quite reaching expectations, it's been very frustrating and confusing.
2: Yeah, you would think uh, you know, that uh, a massively pass heavy Washington offense, if you were to say, okay, through week 10. Commanders are have this third highest pass rate ever expected. You say, "Oh, okay, Terry McLaurin's a top ten receiver." He's he's not. I just checked the numbers, and he's not. Um, and and then Dotson is uh, apparently and not not a joke. Completely dependent on whether Curtis Samuel plays. Um, and uh, I, you know, so I I don't really know what to say beyond that. Washington has kind of weird. Um, wide receiver usage overall, they only target wide receivers on sixty percent of their of their passes, which really? is in the bottom half of the league. Uh, I so yeah, i I think that the positive game script is probably good for Brian Robinson here. Hopefully, McLaurin and Dotson get theirs before things get weird here. Um, you know, so I, I, but I, I'm a little I'm I have McLaurin and some leagues, and I'm a little freaked out about starting.
3: Yeah, Pat, as far as the receiver target stuff goes, uh, the reason for that is you've got to keep the Logan Thomas PPR scam running and you've got to keep the Antonio Gibson PPR scam running. And he has exactly either four or five catches and back-to-back-to-back to back to back games. Uh, he, was, he did pop up on in the injury report with a DNP because of toe issue. That would maybe help funnel some of the targets back to the guys we care more about, but uh, stay locked into Roto-World com. Check that
1: one. Stay locked in yet. Who who has the toe Gibson? You mean does? Yes. Yeah. He didn't practice Wednesday, I was like, don't tell me Logan Thomas is hurt, man.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the the Travis Kelsey of the commanders.
1: Yeah, Yeah, he is. You've been workshopping that one for a while and it is true. Um, The only difference. He
2: doesn't date Taylor Swift, folks. That's the only (laughs) difference
3: (laughs) difference between Travis Kelsey. It's crazy that he's doing what he's doing without dating Taylor Swift. I think
1: that's something we'll talk about. It It actually
3: is stunning. He
1: deserves more credit for it.
2: I mean, I don't, do you have anything to say about the Giants? So, okay, I said last week on several NBC platforms, I can't remember which ones, that Saquon Barkley was like a very iffy start. And I feel like that remains true because I it doesn't...
1: It's a little thing. different. There's it, a big difference between the Cowboys and the Commanders.
2: But this both. thing, it's this thing where you say, oh, well, they don't have any... Tommy DeVito together. does you know? not
3: think there's a difference.
2: He's throwing for 15 yeah. yards and two I, interceptions. I just think, I think, I think... Like like apocalyptic game script for the Giants means that Saquon cannot get there usually. Yeah, I've got him outside that he's no longer an RB one.
1: I mm-hmm. totally agree from that perspective. I do think I, I think they're or you know the Jets just need to run no matter what. The Giants are running no matter what, and even if they're down twenty-one to nothing at halftime, I think Saquon Barkley will still be getting second-half carries. So I think he stays RB two relevant. I almost see no universe in which he doesn't reach at least 15 carries, especially against the Commanders. The Cowboys were one thing. So I, I, I kind of like the, the, like the final days of Chip Kelly in San Francisco. Like, well, we're terrible. We're just going to run no matter what. <laughs> and, they did that. and there's some instances where they just run, even if you're down 28 to nothing. I do think Saquon Barkley is that going for him. He's just real great.
2: Real oh, great. And, oh, and, and obviously, look, I, I... – Washington's defense is clearly like a like the top streaming play against Danny DeVito it, this week.
1: It is. And Mama will be thrown from the train. Uh, and, <laughs> the, the Zoomers have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> nope. and, uh, look at weird. Danny DeVito's IMDb.
3: That's all I'll say. How far so, back do I have to go? Pretty far. It's probably the late '80s.
1: Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> <The late> 80s. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's probably the late '80s. So. Uh, yeah. So
1: that brings us to the end of our all show. Right. The regression files are live. Start them, sit them. will be live. Check out the waiver wired. Still a lot of good information in there. Even if your waivers have already run. My rankings are live. Uh, Denny's got a live chat tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern. Check that out. Really, really good stuff. By tomorrow, I mean Friday. If you were listening on Friday. So for Denny Carter, for Kyle Dvorak, I'm Patrick Darty. Thank you so much for listening.
3: We will be back later. Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about NexGuard Plus, a foxoliner, moxidectin, and pyrantal chewable tablets. NexGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive.